1: and welcome to no filler the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records my name is quentin got my brother travis with me as always and uh we're going to cover some air today uh going to get back into the electronic music uh zone after some uh couple weeks of some some screaming dude i'm ready yeah i
0: mean this is gonna be another 180
1: yeah we covered corn a couple weeks back and then we did a little sidetrack on another band in that vein static x last week and um it's been a while since we covered a band like air i mean they definitely fall under the like electronic i mean i would put them in maybe the down tempo category as well uh i've read a few reviews that refer to them as space rock
0: uh chill wave kind of stuff i I don't know if i would ever consider them to be a rock group though that's interesting that they get space rock
1: so i think the reason they get thrown into that category is because on all of their albums they are playing actual instruments maybe they're synthesizers you know but they have guitars thrown in, in the mix uh, in a lot of their songs, um, you know, but everything that you're hearing, they're actually playing.
0: Okay. You know? Okay. Well, that's cool. I mean, that does, you know, I think that's super, like, super important with, with an electronic artist if they are, you know, bringing their own instrumentation into the mix. I feel like that always makes it more, like, authentic, you know? Yeah. There's
1: there's no sampled uh mm-hmm. There's no samples in any of their songs. Um, yeah. So when did you first get into Air, Travis? Or, or do you? would you ever say that you got into them?
0: No, I, I, I never really got into them. But I would say I probably first heard them on a Pandora station. You know, probably like, uh, right. you know, my Tosca uh, Pandora station probably had them on there. And I think, of course, I heard I heard um, Alone in, in Kyoto on Lost in Translation, which we talked yes. about last week, that um, if you've seen that movie, then you have heard an air song. You just may not have realized it. Yes.
1: Uh, Lost in Translation uh, was a movie by uh, Sofia Coppola. I don't know if, if that's how you say it. Coppola? But... Uh, Coppola, man, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but she she also did a movie called Um The Virgin Suicides, which air did the entire soundtrack for that album. So, and then they popped up again just just one song uh in Lost in Translation, Alone in Kyoto, which pops up on uh the album that we're covering today, which is their third studio album, Talkie Walkie. So, uh there is two dudes two french dudes um they are Nicolas Godin and Jean Benoit Dunkel god I'm, so Dunkel. i'm not going to say his i'm not going to say his full name from now on i'm just going to refer to him as jb jb and nicolas uh nicolas. um but yeah they have been working together since the nineties, the mid mid nineties. Uh they formed in ninety five. Their debut album uh came out in ninety eight. It was called Moon Safari. Um and one thing that's interesting about that album, and we're gonna cover a couple songs from there, um, is the way that they, that they went about recording it. So they didn't have that much money at the time. Uh, so they bought, you know, the the most affordable instruments that they, that that were available to them, uh, which were analog synthesizers from the seventies. So, you know, from that came this really unique, um, sound, you know, it's almost like a, it ends up in the long run being kind of like the the brand of their sound, but that was by default because they just didn't have money to buy fancy things. Um, and they also, used an eight track recorder to record all the songs on moon safari so they were limited in the number of tracks that they could do per recording they only had eight tracks per recording you know so somehow through this limitation they were able to make these really like lush and like expansive kind of soundscapes and their songs um and we're going to i'm going to play a couple songs like i said from moon safari just to kind of show off uh you know what it was that they were able to bring to the table even back then uh in the late 90s so um one thing that is interesting too they would plug their keyboards into guitar pedals for their effects um particularly distortion pedals and flangers Um, Which also kind of made this really unique kind of vibe with with the keys in their songs. So uh, I'm going to play the first track on Moon Safari. Uh, It is called La Femme d'Argent. And um, yeah, we'll kind of get a little taste of that, you know, guitar pedal sounding uh, distorted keyboards.
0: You can definitely hear the those those instruments from the 70s you know yeah dude like it sounds it sounds like a 70s like kind of jazzy loungy kind of thing you know it's,
1: yeah super loungy um another thing i just read just now um apparently that bass that bass guitar was borrowed uh it's a 60s Hofner, which is the same bass that mccartney used to play Um, and that's, uh, Nicholas playing, playing the bass on that. Nice. So, so yeah,
0: that's, that's also kind of an important like thing to bring up. It's like, like you said earlier, like that is them playing the bass. It's not a sampled bass. Yeah. Yep. So that's cool. Yeah.
1: And, and it's also cool that that, that sound, you know, that song, it's only eight tracks, right? Max. Um, and, and, you know, and they were able to just, just. Create this really lush, you know, uh, space, you know? I love it. Um, And I'm going to play one other song from Moon Safari before we dive into Talkie Walkie. Uh, This was one of their singles for the album. I don't know if you've heard this song, dude. It's called Sexy Boy.
0: Can't Um, say that I have.
1: But this, (laughs) it's great, man. Um, So this song showcases... Um, another thing about air that so i i don't i haven't really kept up with them too far past talkie walkie but one thing especially that jumps out in talkie walkie is the sound of their vocals and it is just them um featured on at least talkie walkie they have a few uh guest vocalists on moon safari but they use these vocoders to make this almost like, it's like a soft robotic voice. Um, And they, they pull this off by singing softly into the vocoder, like almost like whispery. Hmm. Um, And it makes this almost like, like androgynous, you know, it's like robotic, like you can, you almost can't tell if it's a guy or a girl singing. Um, It's really great. And so, Again, before we dive into talkie walkie, I'm going to play just a little bit of track two on Moon Safari. It's called Sexy Boy.
0: I lied that I actually have heard that song. It's my um, alarm clock every morning. Are you serious? No, dude, come on. I was making a joke. <laughs> oh. I, was, I was trying to make a joke. Like that's how I pump myself up every morning. You know, <laughs> that's great. But um, no, I mean, I would say that, that, that the, the effects that they have on their voice uh, makes it sound more feminine. I'd say than than masculine, but that's interesting that they made that decision to do that. Cause they do that for almost all of their songs. Right.
1: So, I don't see again. I don't know because, like, again, I haven't really kept up with these guys. Um, you know, but, but in talkie walkie, every voice that you hear is them. And, you know, you say it's, it kind of has, it sounds more feminine. Um, when we dive into talkie walkie, I, I feel like it is kind of more, um, androgynous and more like robotic. Um, So in between Moon Safari and Talkie Walkie, they came out with an album called 10,000 Hertz Legend. Uh, Came out in 2001, and it was kind of a flop. Um, Fans of theirs didn't really like it. And I can see why. I listened to a few songs from it, and I kind of went like track by track. And it's kind of just all over the place. Uh, It's a lot more experimental. You know and you know we talk about this all the time people don't like change you know uh fans don't like change and um i feel like that's probably the main reason why a lot of people didn't really like this album it was uh again more experimental uh it was kind of random from track to track you know like it didn't feel like you know one solid piece or you know like one one solid vibe which for me that's what i want in an album you know and that's you know like with people like us who like to listen to a song uh, listen to an album all the way through that's what i want you know um so it it was kind of a a dud so that brings us to talkie walkie so again this is their third album came out in 2004 and um they kind of returned to their you know retro vibes, those uh, retro synth roots, um, and man, dude, this this album just all the way through. This this is a, a no filler album, I think. Did you listen to it all the way through? Getting pumped for this episode? I did not. I listened to some of the tracks, okay. but not all of them. Cool. Uh, well, the first song that we that played us in for our intro. Uh, was one of the singles on the album. It's called Surfing on a Rocket. And uh, so with this album, they recorded it all themselves in their home studio using Pro Tools. Um, but guess who they brought along to help out in this studio? I do know the answer to this question. Well, all right. And it's because I was so excited when I found out this. I texted you immediately. Nigel Godrick is a producer for this album, a.k.a. the dude that does all the stuff for Radiohead, the George Martin of Radiohead. We've talked about him so many times on this podcast. Um, you know, we covered Radiohead's first, what, five albums?
0: Mm-hmm. No, first four. First and four. then
1: we, first, we, we covered Radiohead's first well, four uh, albums. Okay,
0: uh, let's just clarify. We didn't, it wasn't the first four, because we remember, we started on OK Computer oh, okay. My and bad. went through to In Rainbows. Chain room
1: is. Okay. And then we covered uh, Beck's C-Chain shortly after that. Um, so when you look at, you know, Wikipedia, when you read about it, it says producers, air, comma, Nigel. So they had a lot to do with the sound, um, you know, but, but Nigel was a big part of it. Um, another thing that you hear in this album is uh, quite a few string arrangements. Uh, this is by... A uh, composer, writer, uh, his name's Michel Colombier, and that's the best I can do. It sounded French, right? Sure. Michel Colombier. Yeah. Um, And that's that's something that I think really brings a lot to the vibe of this album. So, what I like about this album, and this is going to be another song-heavy episode. We're not going to dive too much into you know the facts behind these recordings or anything i couldn't really find too much information on the album on like the recording process or anything like that but um this is one of those albums that you know you, you push play on track 1 and it just kind of takes you into this this space you know um the vibes are strong throughout the whole album it's it's very um you know it it just s- sets you in this uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like it's it's got a a strong vibe, you know, and it, and it keeps it it keeps you there the whole time. Um,
0: yeah, they, like so, like you said, they, you know, with the with these vintage instruments that they use, and you know, their unique vocal effects and stuff. Like they have this very like de- like definitive like sound, you know, and so yeah, yeah, you get that, you get that that vibe straight from track one they don't it's pretty like consistent like feeling you know
1: yeah yeah this so this is one of my favorite albums man um and so just by chance i'm gonna be playing songs that are back to back so i got three songs lined up for us and they're gonna be you know back to back as you would hear them on the record so the first one is going to be track three on the album and this is one of my favorite songs um it's up there for me just in general dude for for favorite songs it has that great you know vocoder um voice of theirs that they throw in their songs uh so this is a song called run It's one of those songs too it just gives me chills every time I listen to it
0: yeah definitely a song that's enhanced by a good pair of headphones which is I think is true for oh yeah a lot of this album I think that's one of the reasons I first thought to myself when I was listening to it like man this is kind of like it it's got the same like production I know I mean it's Nigel godric right but it's got right. the same production value to me as like a king's of convenience album you know yeah, I know that's a random, weird connection, but I, th- I think we did talk about like they kind of seem like the King's of Convenience of like this genre of electronic music. You know, I don't know why I say that because it's not like they're a- it's not like it sounds like a king- King's of Convenience song. You know, nothing about that no, sounds like King's no. of Convenience, but I don't know. Maybe it's the softer. I mean, there are some some orchestral moments and like more soft moments in in these songs. You know, so maybe that's why.
1: Well, I mean, you know. Now that you say that, looking at these lyrics for for Run, um, they're quite Kings of Convenience. Um, you know, he's singing about this girl that he's, you know, head over heels for, and he just wants her to to stay in bed with him and not leave. Um, which is, you know, if you want to know more about Kings of Convenience, they're this uh, Nor Norwegian uh, duo. They're kind of in the Simon and Garfunkel vein, we covered a couple of their albums, um, and yeah, it's all about like lusting and heartbreak and all that stuff. Really pretty acoustic stuff. But dude, so what gets me in this song, man, is you know, so so the song is called Run, and um, in a couple parts in this song, or at least in that part that we played after the second verse, he says stay in bed, I feel sad when you run. And then that he says it says run and then it just repeats the word run over and over and over and over and over. And then that like swelling kinda like mm-hmm. it's like it's a synthesized like choir sound, you know, the it just kinda envelops you. Yeah. Oh, it's just so good. Man. Yeah, it's good. I love it. I love it. So um again, we don't I don't have that much information. I I did a lot of research on this. Um, but I couldn't really find too much on, uh, you know, their their process or anything. I do know that that they go instrument by instrument in the studio, you know. So it's it's track it's
0: I guess track by track. So they so they lay down each instrument like separately. Each instrument, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, like you said, it really is just them two, right? They don't bring any other musicians into the into the mix or what? Nope.
1: It's just them, Okay, man. so that's I guess that's why. Uh, no, I mean, well, if, yeah. okay, no, yeah, go ahead. I take that back, dude. It's, it, I say it's just them. A lot of articles that I that I read were on Moon Safari, um, just because I, I found more good information on like their kind of their style and their process, um, specifically covering Moon Safari. And again, they they kind of go back to their roots, quote unquote for talkie walkie but yeah no there's in in the credits for this album there are you know a handful of people that come in to play to play bass okay a person that pops in and plays flute
0: i mean i guess i my my thinking was that oh they they do each instrument individually because there's only two of them but if if that's not the case then
1: yeah um but no for the most part it's just them um and you know nigel just you know put his signature I mean whatever the hell he, he does. How how I don't know how he does it, yeah. but you know, like there's just something about a uh, Nigel Godric produced album where it's just so it's just right there. I mean, like when you listen to it in headphones.
0: Yeah, I mean all of the <laughs> the radiohead stuff, it all sounds, you know, gorgeous, right? And like really yeah. well produced and, and and whatnot. And that's probably mostly Nigel. I mean, that's yeah. Clear now that we've covered now that we've now that we've listened to other Nigel Godrich albums, other than Radiohead albums, it's fair to say that he has something to do with it. You know, you can't give all the credit to Tom or Johnny. You know,
1: right? And like when you think about Beck's right album "Sea Change" that we covered, like it just something like I mean, it, it could have been a totally different vibe if it was produced by someone else. But that album, you know, being that that breakup album, that's it's just got that like vulnerable, raw sound um so let's jump ahead we're gonna go to the next track this is another great one and you had mentioned we were texting back and forth throughout the week like man this out this song is just great with a pair of headphones yeah so this is track four um so again the next song on the album this song is called universal traveler
2: so.
0: So cute. Obviously, this is this is what made me think that they that they sound like Kings of Convenience because that actually does sound like it sounds a little bit like Ireland Oya, right? The way that he sings, that kind of really soft delivery.
1: Yeah, the more the higher higher pitched vocals. and the you know male, the, male the, vocals, the acoustic yeah, acoustic
0: guitar or the classical guitar. Yeah, that finger picking. Yeah, I think it's an acoustic. Yeah, but but that yeah, it's like I think what's cool about Air is how they blend that kind of. Folky, um, folk pop guitar styles into into their electronic music, which is, of course, what Kings of Convenience and all those bands from the uh, the quietest, the new loud era, right? That we talked about, yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. And this which is, is the same, which is this era, dude. Yeah. this is right smack dab in the middle of that 2004. Well, there you go. So, this is this is the electronic side of that that uh, genre, you know, yeah.
1: And it's cool because, I mean, you know. Electronic, yeah, but you know, it's 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 that acoustic kind of uh you know, singer songwriter vibes with synthesizers, right? Like what else it's electronic but still very it has that analog yeah uh, acoustic vibe. You right. Know? I think
0: I think yeah, I, I feel like the it's it doesn't you know, you could be, you know, easily mistaken for thinking that this is not an electronic song, quote unquote because right know, because of the guitar and then the voice and stuff so yeah yeah really awesome song man
1: yeah and I got another another clip from this one and this is when it kind of jumps into the the like effects and you know more synthesizer vibes some cool cool things that happen a little bit later on so here is clip two from universal traveler you never
0: I just love that man. I love how they they take the the melody that the acoustic guitar plays and yes. throws it through like a sampler or something like that, and, and yeah, sort of tweaks yeah, it yeah. a little bit and, and makes it kind of bend and, and do these different things. You know, I like it. I love it yeah, a lot.
1: Exactly, dude. That's exactly what I was gonna was gonna, I was gonna talk about. That's the only reason I played that clip, dude. I just love that. Yeah, it's uh, and so so yeah, and that's how the that's how the song ends. Um, And that brings us to a super awesome uh, instrumental track for for the next one here, which is another cool thing about an air album, you know, like it's equal parts, vocal heavy and instrumental. And this is one of my favorites on the album. It's called Mike Mills.
0: Such a gorgeous song, man. And again, with the acoustic guitar and the piano, you know. Yeah. It, uh, yes. the The yeah. only thing
1: that was that wasn't an acoustic instrument in that recording was the drum beat, which was just a super mm-hmm. simple, like almost a click track kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's not to say that I'm sure that piano was just a synthesize a synthesizer, you know. I don't know if that was a sure actual like upright piano or something, right? But I really love that like cascading piano line that just kind of mm-hmm. it just seems to just continue forever, you know? Yeah, and then it just brings you brings you back to that like more subtle it like takes you back to that acoustic guitar line with the with the click track. Um, so I mentioned
0: now, Q, string arrangement. Did you? Did you see who Mike Mills is? No, who is that? Mike Mills is the name of a music video director who <laughs> who did the videos for some of their stuff on Moon Safari.
1: Oh, cool! So just he did him he a did shout the, out, I guess. he did
0: the music video for Sexy Boy. Nice. So there you go. Like, cool. who knows why well, they well, hey, why this song is named after why they him specifically? But yeah, it could That's just be. Cool. I mean. It's a cool sounding name, you know, so there's some alliteration in there, Mike Mills. Yeah, I like it. There you
1: go. Uh, So earlier on, I mentioned string arrangements in this album by uh, composer Michel Colombier. And um, the second clip from this album, (laughs) from this song, uh, really showcases what he brings to the table. So here is clip two. Really tugs on the heartstrings, huh?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, you know, you just don't. So tell me, do you know about like who, are, like, did they arrange this as well? And did they play the instruments? I mean, they had to have brought in, no, they had to have brought no, in like was... a, a quartet or something. Or,
1: well, they're not credited, whoever it is. But again, it was Michel Colombier, his arrangements. Um, and I feel like I should mention so, um, this guy, Michel he for the most part is known for his film scores he did dozens of scores for films um dating Anything back noteworthy? To 68 so i is don't it mostly, know too many of them is it mostly them.
0: french films
1: uh there's quite a few that are but uh let's just say looking through the list here the ones that i noted that i recognize Starts in 94 with Major League 2. <laughs> Whoa, okay. That's not uh, anywhere he, close to what I would have guessed. He also did How Stella Got Her Groove Back. Okay. I don't oh. know, man. Right. But anyways, <laughs> um, I think it's worth mentioning uh, he he actually passed away in 2004, the same year that this album came out. So this may have been one of oh, the last wow. things that he's featured on. He okay. died in November of that year. So That's um, significant. Yeah, so really pretty stuff. I want to quote a guy Rob Sheffield who writes for Rolling Stone. He uh, reviewed this album back when it came out, and I like what he says here. Um, this album is elegantly moody soundtrack music for imaginary films. Yeah, I like that. that's
0: good. I like that, and of course, yeah. real films too. Since it, as we mentioned, it's been featured in yeah. movies, but. Yeah, I I get the idea that, especially with the cinematic or not cinematic, but like the orchestral stuff that comes in, you know. Yep. Especially if it's it was you know arranged by somebody who does film music, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we're kind of whizzing through this here, man. This is going to be a short episode, so I'm going to throw in one other song. How about that? Um,
0: Okay, this is what happens when we cut out what you heard.
1: Yeah, I wasn't even going to mention it, dude. But
0: yeah, we decided to kind of scrap
1: the "what you heard" segment of our episodes, where we kind of share music we've been listening to lately, um, and just we're we're just going to start diving right into it.
0: I think overall, it's a positive thing, man. Because I mean, yeah, obviously our episodes are going to be shorter, but that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know. No, this yeah, will, you're right. You know, let's just get straight to the meat of the of the episode, you know. And and I think I don't know if this ever if this was on a episode that didn't go out or something like that, but we had mentioned that like, you know, if we continue to do our year end episodes where we kind of bring music that we liked from that year, you know, to the table and we both kind of share what we liked. That's kind of the same, you know, that'll fill that that the same role that what you heard did, you know. So Yeah.
1: Very true. So anyway. All right, so we're gonna skip over surfing on a rocket because that was a single and we played a little bit of it to intro us in and we're going to play a little bit from track seven on the album this one is a little bit it's a kind of different change up in like the vibes um in the feels this one's a little uh moody and a little bit more dark oh i like dark yeah this one's called another day
0: Yeah, I feel like the beginning of that song, like, you could just put that, slap that on the beginning of some, like, true crime documentary or something like that, you know? Yeah. CSI, whatever the hell, you know?
1: Yeah. I I love that song. Um, I played a pretty lengthy clip. I mean, I pretty much played the whole song, but I wanted to get to the part at the very end there uh, before I faded it out. I kind of like that kind of pause that they do. Before they go back into that little chorus bit, because um, I feel like I don't know whose idea this was, maybe Nigel's, but I like how they had that pause there because the line there is you lost in space in time like you're lo- you're lost in space and time, and with that loss you know they kind of like pa- they kind of have that fade out like pause before the uh, little chorus bit you will lose it anyway it's just another day you'll lose it anyway anyways um yeah another great song man
0: yeah i mean i think the uh the moody songs for soundtracks that that never came out is pretty pretty accurate <laughs> elegantly moody elegantly moody yeah
1: soundtrack music for imaginary films yeah yeah, so I don't have too much else, man. Um, it's a little quick and dirty episode on air. Um, yeah, that's this is one of my favorites from theirs. Um, if you liked this album, definitely check out their their first debut, their uh, debut album, Moon Safari. It's it's in this vein for sure. Yeah, I think we're gonna kind of pull. Maybe you could call it another another one eighty for our next full length. Uh, episode we're finally going to cover the strokes my dude man it's about fucking time
0: yeah talk about like for for us like seminal bands in our in our lives you know absolutely man they had such a huge influence on like
1: my clothing style my fucking yeah. haircut right, right. Um, my style of drumming you know everything Absolutely. I say, so we were kind of on the fence a little bit for what album to cover of theirs. We were either going to do their first album, Is This It? Or jump to their second album, Room on Fire. I say we cover Is This It? first because we can always come back to The Strokes later on and uh, cover Room on Fire.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, if, if there's if there's a band that, that deserves multiple episodes or at least the first two, albums i think it's definitely strokes you know for sure yeah and and the, the two albums do sound pretty pretty uh pretty different but yeah definitely like stepping stones you know what i mean and then things start uh, to get yeah. different i feel like the first three albums were really pretty chronological you know and then yeah i think they so kinda, too. and man they, were they, they different,
1: different man all three of those albums were different what was their last one called not their last one. What was that? their third one? Was called- first, first Impressions of Earth. Yeah. I like that one too, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's some good stuff on there. So in between that uh, episode on The Strikes, we're going to have a sidetrack for air. I think I'm just going to dig into some more French electronic artists from around that time, find something to listen to. We're going to fade us out with another single from Talkie Walkie, uh, which is a song I absolutely love called alpha beta gaga it's got this really cool like whistle um melody um it's one of those melodies that is uh and you'll hear it 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 is never ending you know like you can like it it picks back up exactly like right back to the beginning of the melody it'll make sense when you hear it um it's a great song uh but it was a single so we couldn't dive into it too much here. So um, thank you, as always, for listening. Hop on to our website, nofillerpodcast.com. There we've got show notes. A lot of times we'll play uh, or we'll post music videos. We'll have all of our links to all of the articles that we pull all our information from. So there's lots of good information that you can find if you want to dig a little bit deeper uh, into these artists and albums. Uh, And you can stream us. Directly from SoundCloud or uh, any other podcast app, we should be there. Um, And uh, yeah, until next week, thanks again, as always, for listening. My name is
0: Quentin. My name is Travis.